Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining the newest, latest, greatest episode of the Five Good Questions podcast. I am your host, Casey Cornelius. Thank you for joining in again this episode. We've had some good ones lately. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the Javier Colon episode, which was an hour. Who expected that? An hour in length? Today's going to be just a little bit different as I take a sip of water. Today's going to be just a little bit different because this was an impromptu, relatively unscheduled interview with a really dear friend of mine who's about to go on a lifetime, lifelong, beautiful adventure of which I am absolutely jealous. So we're sitting down together. We're, we're across the microphone. This is pretty rare for me to do it this way. Uh, normally it's over phone or Skype or something, but this is a little bit different because I get to sit right across the table. Uh, I, I'm not going to do a whole long bio because I think the story is cool enough, and we're just gonna we're just gonna chat. So, without any further ado, please everyone welcome Miss Jacqueline Baker to the show. Jacqueline, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me here. So, Jacqueline, and I go way back. So, Jacqueline was an undergraduate student at Delta College when I was uh, a faculty member and administrator there, and uh, we we connected. Uh, she was a highly achieving student. Would that be a fair way of saying it? Highly uh, achieving student? You could say that. You'll make me blush, but... <laughs> okay. But no one will see it because this is not on video. Great. So um, you were the commencement speaker from what I remember. Is that correct? Yep, okay. Was. So that's like, that's kind of a big deal. For those of you who are not in the college space, like they don't just give that to anyone. You know, she's still on the website, all this other kind of stuff. So, so Jacqueline, I stayed um, connected over the years and I have had the opportunity to see sort of her evolution and where, you know, we thought she might have been going years ago, and I won't, I won't date your age or anything like that, <laughs> um, to where she's going today. So, Jacqueline, let's just talk a little bit about that background and about that evolution. So you started Delta College, you then transferred to Central Michigan University and graduated. So what was the major? What was the plan when you did that? Um, well, when I started at Delta, I had zero idea of what I wanted to do. And fortunately, I ended up doing an internship and then working at the career services office where I found out about a transfer program with CMU. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a strong suite in communication. Mm -hmm. So I ended up deciding to go into public relations because I could finish part of it at Delta and then move on and really build from there. Sure. So um, I majored in public relations, minored in communications at CMU. And at that time, I really didn't know what exactly I would be doing, but I knew that I wanted to use the strength of communication mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of times when people say communication, they're thinking about kind of a specific area. So were mm -hmm. you thinking like print? Were you thinking journalism? Were you thinking public relations? Were you thinking like spoken word? How were you seeing that path moving forward? I think I actually, I remember looking at a website and seeing specifically the title of public relations specialist uh -huh. and seeing uh -huh. all of the qualities and the skills and the characteristics sure. that were really useful for that sure. field. Sure. And so I latched onto that and always figured that I would do something similar to it. But the nice thing is that my program ended up being very diverse uh -huh. because I studied media and journalism and public relations and all of these different elements sure. that just help me build an overall strong communication skill set. Sure, absolutely. 
Um, and, and you were heavily involved as mm-hmm. an undergrad, right? So you yeah. were in every club and organization, and you were president <laughs> of sixteen of them. You like you were that student, right? Yeah, I was pretty involved. Okay, I always I always joke that there's always I get an email every once in a while from a student who their signature line, like all of their like you know, yeah. they, like yeah. is actually longer than the email. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Jacqueline was one of those students, uh, uh, certainly. So so let's fast forward just a little bit. So. During your time at CMU, and correct me on the the timeline if I'm wrong, uh, you did a a summer internship as well, right, with Um, the state of Michigan? Yeah, actually, it started right after I graduated from Delta. I started working as an intern with the DNR, managing community. Tell everyone what that means. Okay, Department Department of Natural Resources. Okay, there you go. So we manage. It's not do not resuscitate. That's not that's not (laughs) right. Okay, go ahead. Right, it's much more interesting than that actually. (laughs) Um, So I was planning recreation programs for state parks. in a certain region of Michigan, and I loved it. And I continued doing that part-time through my education at CMU, um, and then afterward ended up working full-time in more of a communication-focused role, um, putting to work everything that I had gained at CMU. Okay, is that what eventually led you to move to the capital, to to Lansing, Michigan? Yeah, and I also ended up enrolling in a master's program in um, Lansing as well. Okay, excellent. So, Fast forward a couple of years from there, we're, we're staying in touch, we're checking in every once in a while, and I was actually doing a program at at Michigan State, and, and Jacqueline actually came. She, I, I don't, Were you a student at that time? Were you in the grad program at that I time? I think I had, so I started with one program and ended up switching to a different school and a different program, okay. but at that time, I was like between the programs. Okay, okay. So she came to this program, which was really cool for me because it was sort of like this full circle moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I just thought that that was a, a really neat experience. And, and we started talking even more from there. And shortly thereafter, within, you know, I guess six months to 12 months from there, Jacqueline shared that she was going on a bit of an adventure. And that's kind of why this uh, this episode came together, is I was really fascinated about the adventure that she uh, set out upon, uh, but then also what's going on now. So, so hang on, because there's a cliffhanger for those of you who are just looking for just you know, the Cliff Notes version. Hold, hold on just a second. So tell me a little bit about adventure number one. What happened? Uh, so I was living in Lansing still and had been there for a few years working professionally straight out of college. I got you know a good job and had every reason to, to be there and to be happy and content with it. But I found myself kind of wondering whether there was something else that I could be doing, something, you know, as I'm a young woman, like I want to obviously take advantage of this time and explore and become my own. Sure. And I felt like I wasn't necessarily meeting that full potential for exploration by staying in Lansing and working in the job that I had been in. So um, at the recommendation of a few friends who love travel um, and, and the suggestion of somebody actually to go to the Peace Corps at first... I started looking into international flights, and I had always had Ireland on my mind. Okay. So okay. Ireland ended up wearing, being where I set my sights. Okay. And, Why Ireland? Um, actually, it's funny. Uh, it started from the movie P.S. I Love You, okay. because they have okay. incredible views of okay. nature in this movie. Okay. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It is okay. a girl, a girly chick flick kind of thing. Okay. It's lovey-dovey, but it's... I love the story and I loved the scenes. Even if nothing else, you'll love the scenery in sure. it. And sure. I have so you had this vision of what, yeah. what Ireland would be like because of the movie. Yeah, okay. and especially having worked for the DNR, I had this, you know, love of nature and the outdoors. Sure. And it was just breathtaking to see these things that, you know, 
Sure. We don't have anything like that sure. here. It's a very sure. different kind of landscape. Sure, sure. Okay, so we're we're watching P.S. I Love You. <laughs> we're <laughs> closing our eyes and envisioning Ireland. Mm-hmm. Now, let's step back just a little bit. So I think many listeners, and I'm going to, to confess that I've had this experience too. We see a movie such as that, we think to ourselves, wouldn't it be wonderful? Like, wouldn't it be so much fun to to try something different, to go somewhere else, to have a new experience. I think all of us have probably looked at like backpacking you know, websites at some point in time where it's like, I'm going to Europe and I'm just going to backpack across you know, the, yeah. the, the continent. But the difference between me and a lot of us and you is that you... I booked a one-way and I went. <laughs> a one-way flight. Yeah. One-way flight. So tell me about that process. Tell me about like... I mean, I think we've all booked flights before, right? But we typically know when we're leaving and when we're coming home and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. So tell me about the process of booking a one-way flight <laughs> on this adventure to Ireland. Well, um, I really, I knew nothing about like backpacking. I mean, I love rock climbing and I've gone on, mm-hmm. you know, little weekend trips and things like that. But I've never like gone by myself to go do something like backpacking in a different country I mean, Ireland obviously makes it a little easier because they at least speak English. (laughs) And later I would end up being surrounded by other languages. But at this point, um, I guess the process behind it was kind of just this this mounting like excitement within me. And I didn't really talk to a lot of people about it either. And I think that maybe that was what really pressurized it to the point where I just felt like I had to click the button that said purchase and actually do it Um, because I had this this desire within me to go explore and to learn and to find out more about myself beyond what you can find out in your comfort zone. So I knew that if I wanted to really dive deeper into myself and to find out more about the world, um, it was going to take kind of a scary leap. And it was a scary leap. Um, Maybe for other people a little bit more than me even <laughs> like my parents say, of course <laughs> sure for those of us who've never clicked that button it's uh it, it certainly is it is scary so Jacqueline real quick I, I want to be able to plug some stuff for you um if people want to learn more about your adventures where where can they connect with you what would be a good spot so I've been writing a blog just a personal blog um since I started my communications program really so mm-hmm. That's available at jjmoves.me okay. or www.jjmoves.me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have an Instagram where I share a lot of the photos from my travels and from my daily life. Um, and that's jj underscore moves. Okay. So JJ moves for those of you listening, jjmoves.me or jj underscore moves on Instagram. And that's uh, to put it out there. It's Jacqueline Judith. That's where we get the JJ. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Okay, so you mentioned family for just a second. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter. Um, she she wants to see the world. She's already talking about like you know study abroad and everything like that. And she's in fourth grade. Um, how did how did your family? How did your parents respond to this idea of I'm booking a one way flight. I don't know when I'm going to be back. I don't exactly know where I'm going once I once I arrive. How did they respond? Um, I mean, obviously the initial reaction was being stunned really and um you know being scared a little worried because it is outside my comfort zone which is you know it's a double-edged sword because that's how you grow that's how Mm -hmm. you become stronger but it's also it's challenging and you can Mm -hmm. fail in in that area outside of your comfort zone yes so of course any parent you know doesn't want to see their child fail um, but it's kind of that dichotomy of wanting 
also to see your child grow and thrive and, and knowing that it has to be through challenges. So, um, you know, they, they were surprised. They, of course, would have wanted to be involved in the decision and maybe want to know more about like what I was doing because I didn't even know at the time. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, they, they took some time. They, l- l- luckily, I had some time before I left and they, you know, they were supportive. They knew that it was something that was going to be really valuable, whatever happened. Now, now did you tell them before you bought the ticket? No. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is, this is. (laughs) So when I told them, I called and I had them sit together and told them over the phone and they were just quiet for a second. And then I said, are you still there? Yeah. Like, are you guys okay? (laughs) Now, now were you growing up, were you the, because you have siblings, right? Yeah. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Okay. Were you the adventurous, so you're the middle child. Were you the adventurous one? Were you... Uh, the, the the traditional middle child peacemaker like what was your what was your yeah like yeah I, I guess you could say all of those things like peacemaker and also like just ambitious and trying to do new things and explore sure. new things and a little yeah. bit of like the odd one out like not in a bad way but like you know I was kind of always doing my own thing and I was sure. very much a self-starter so sure. my parents kind of just watched me thrive into this independent young woman sure. and therefore it wasn't super you know surprising to them after they got over the initial shock, but it was like, wow, like we created this really independent young woman and now she's just going, like yeah. she's doing it. Yeah. Like we can't be surprised, but wow. It's like, be careful what you like encourage, yeah, right? Exactly. My, my... Or not be careful, but be aware. Yeah. Like this is, you know, this is great, but it's big. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when you tell your children, you, you, they can do anything. Be careful because <laughs> you know, right. one day they might you know, really they're gonna believe it. it. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Okay, so um, let, let's get to the adventure itself. So we arrive in Ireland, but I know you didn't stay there. I know that that wasn't the... So mm-hmm. regardless of PS, I love you, like there were other things yeah, to be seen right. along the journey, right? right? So where all did you go? What, what did you experience? Um, well, before I even left, I was fortunate that I had a connection to somebody in Spain who mm-hmm. was looking for a native English speaker to watch, well, to help her kids practice English because mm-hmm. it's just a very highly in-demand thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in most of the world. So I was fortunate to have a place lined up for a few weeks in Spain mm-hmm. that I could stay with this family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of it after that was just very loose. And even that, I mean, it was, I knew that I was going to be staying with them, but I didn't know them at all. And also they only spoke Spanish. So oh, wow. I, I knew Spanish from uh-huh. high school and from sure. college, but it would be the first time that I would actually have to use it. Sure. I would have no choice but to speak in sure. Spanish. Sure. Um, after that, I ended up finding out one of my friends was traveling. He was moving to Europe and wanted to travel for a bit. So we spent two weeks traveling between uh, Geneva, Switzerland, Paris, France, um, Bruges, Belgium, and Amsterdam in, wow. in, the Holland, in wow. Holland. So wow. um, between all those places, I got a real like dose of backpacking, backpacking, like staying yeah. in hostels. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I actually stayed with people a lot, like people that I met along yeah. the way, yeah. people that were kind enough to open up their homes. Like sure. it was just really interesting how one opportunity kept leading to the next. Like by connecting with people, I found my way as I was going. I didn't have to plan it out. What was, this is, this is kind of a tangential question, but what was the feeling that you got from people uh, as an American like because I know that the uh, opinions of Americans abroad are, are mixed right mm-hmm. so were you 
warmly received? What was some of their perceptions of you and the stereotypes of Americans that, that you had to encounter? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think I was able initially to overcome a lot of those stereotypes just through the connections like before they even would ask where I was from Mm -hmm. I had a tendency to connect with people Mm -hmm. pretty quickly and a lot of them you know got this impression and they they would kind of say to me like oh that's interesting like we we kind of got the impression that maybe you wouldn't be as you know explore explorative and like this is really cool to see that you're doing this and you know it's it's a great opportunity to learn about your culture and and they were all really interested even about our politics and you know how life is in the u.s so it was really cool to share that um so the other stereotypical question i guess of you know uh, traveling abroad and everything and i have i have to go there and i i prepare you prepared you for this before was there romance? Like, was was this, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like a novel or something. Was there, <laughs> did you meet someone along the way? Yeah. In fact, I mean, throughout the journey, like, there were, there were many opportunities to. Wait. To... Okay, wait. Remember, this is a PG show. Okay, <laughs> of course. So, okay, okay. But okay. many, many opportunities right. to connect with people and to, to, you know, even in a romantical sense, yeah. like, meet people and yeah. consider even, like, what if this could turn into something? Sure. And, um, sure. yeah, actually early on, I met somebody that I never expected would like return in that same sense. Mm-hmm. But at this point now it's be, it really did turn into something where I visited a lot and we kept in contact the whole time. And, um, oh. you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where that goes. Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> okay. I think we almost made news here, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there and make sure. <laughs> Make sure you follow JJ Moves and you might learn more about this uh, mysterious romantic interest as well. So <laughs> so we're going to fast forward to today. And, and normally, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here. So normally when I have guests on the show, I always advise them not to, to say anything about days or time or anything like that. Because I don't want it to, you know, if it's six weeks before we... Um, air the episode I don't want them to feel like oh you know they mentioned a particular date or event that was going on but this is a pretty important time in Jacqueline's life because tomorrow morning what time 10:41 at 10:41 <laughs> Jacqueline is returning to Europe and um I guess the best way to say this would be with a return date that is open-ended <laughs> open-ended to be determined maybe maybe forever yeah and a, for the foreseeable it... future okay. yeah i can okay. say that i see myself in france um I'll, i will be of course coming back to visit family of course so, mom don't um, worry She'll right, be back. It'll be right. Fine. Yes. i will be back yes. um but yeah i mean what where i see myself right now you know after taking this trip is to stay in france for the foreseeable future so tomorrow morning we're we're leaving on a jet plane and we really don't know when we'll be back again. That's that's yeah. a that's a heck of a statement. Uh, you posted something recently and it really struck me. It might have even just been a couple of days ago, right? Where you were um, you posted a picture of packing a year ago. Yeah. And packing for this trip. Yeah. And and talked about sort of where you are in, on a mental and emotional level with that. So how would you explain where you were packing the first time for this adventure versus now? So, I mean, the first time I had no idea what to expect. I was super excited. That's That hasn't changed. Of course, I'm super excited. But now it's 
very much a different thing because when I go back, I get to walk into a place and call it home yeah. instead of really going with this sense of exploration and finding new places, which of course I'll still do. Mm-hmm. But I, at this point, I'll have a home base, which is a really mm-hmm. nice thing to do. Sure. When I've been back in Michigan, I've stayed with family and friends. And that's been great because Michigan is home for me. Yeah. But it's very different to be able to go to a place and know that I'll be staying there and be able to, you know, really yeah. call it my yeah. own space. Yeah. So as far as mentally, I mean, it's like bizarre. Like it hasn't really struck me quite yet that I'm actually going to be living in France as of like, well, in two days because of the time difference. Sure. <laughs> so sure. I land sure. on Wednesday. But um, yeah, it's like this huge mental thing that should be like just totally frying my brain but right now I'm just kind of like in this spacey kind of headspace where I'm like wow it's gonna be it's gonna be different I don't know but it'll be familiar it'll be a place that I've been to before do you feel do you feel more at peace about it do you feel more yeah I do just kind of tranquil about the process or because yeah because I know now like the reason that I decided I wanted to stay was because I loved it so much there. Mm-hmm. I loved the places and the people and the experiences. And like now I have so much better of a sense of what I'm going to and who, you know, who is there sure. that I'll be able to waiting. see who's there maybe waiting, mm. you know, and I may, yes. I may, I made friends in so many places that I'm looking forward to going back and seeing too. So it's not as if I'm going and just plopping down in the middle of a city where I know nobody. Yeah. Um, you know, it's much more like more like a coming home even sure. than like a going away from home. There's I'm going to get super nerdy. I apologize. Our listeners know that every once in a while I do this. But but there's a there's a concept in American literature that is you, you can't go home again. Right. So mm-hmm. there's always um, you can't dip your toe in the same river twice. Right. Mm-hmm. By the time you, yeah. you go back, it's gone. So he's moving. Did, did you feel that way coming back to the United States to yeah. coming back to Michigan? Did you feel like this? maybe wasn't a home big home home uh anymore well what i felt mostly was that so much was the same here and that i had changed so much Mm -hmm. that i wasn't the same person returning Mm -hmm. to like i didn't fit anymore in the same way that i used to fit here yeah so it was almost the opposite of like the river moving it was like that i had moved moved so much yeah Wow. JJ moves, you know. <laughs> wow, there, JJ moves. again, another another plug. Now I understand that there's going to be a, a greater sort of um, opportunity for people to engage with your experience as well. There's there's a book that's maybe on the horizon. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, okay. it was um, one of those other things that just kind of unfolded before me during my adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been offering some freelance writing, which mm-hmm. was an amazing opportunity mm-hmm. to use those skills that I had built mm-hmm. in college and afterward in my two jobs that I worked. And so I was listed on an online site for freelancers mm-hmm. and I came across an opportunity to do um, a book. And wow. now I'm working with a co-author. So yeah. we're creating this guide, which is based on both personal experiences between the two of us and also this really, really comprehensive database of happiness statistics. Sure. And sure. it's a guide to living a good life. Wow. wow. So we're really, really excited to share Is there a working title it. or anything? There or? is. Okay. Yeah. So it's cool. going to be called 360 Living, okay. tentatively. Okay. And the idea, kind of like it sounds, is to approach living a good life from every angle. From a very holistic yeah, view. Yeah, okay. exactly. So where can, where can listeners learn more about the book? 
for the forthcoming book. Yeah, they can learn about it at 360livingguide.com. Excellent. 360livingguide.com for those of you who are interested. I'm hearing like a like a uh, eat, pray, love meets practical application. Yes, is that that's a, a great way to explain it. I should use that in my elevator speech for it now. Put that on the testimonials, <laughs> right? So Casey yes. J. Cornelius, eat, pray, love meets a practical guide right. to happiness. And yes. There you go. And I'm reading eat, pray, love right now. So that's perfect oh boy okay so okay all right this is fun i don't want to ruin the ending for you okay okay i'm close oh you are okay okay excellent excellent um speaking of getting close to the end so this uh this program is called five good questions Mm -hmm. we ask all of our guests the same five questions Mm -hmm. uh my understanding is that you have not prepared for those questions is that true right i don't know as you i'm not expecting just a little bit so no i can't can't let you see the paper in front of me so okay uh, so are you ready for them i'm ready okay so question number one how do you define success how do i define success i think it's being authentic to yourself because when you do that, you can make the greatest impact on your own life and on others' lives, mm-hmm. and that really just leads to ex- to success naturally. So whatever your ultimate vision is, if you're authentic and true to yourself, mm-hmm. you're so much better able to accomplish that. Now, the, the logical follow-up question would be, is that something that you've come to over this exploration yes. of your, of your life is. and of your journey? Or is that something that you kind of had along the way? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, while I was traveling, it was funny because I felt like I had so much space and so much time to just spread out and find out who I was mm-hmm. and to really not have any expectations. When you go to a new place and nobody knows you, you can be whatever you want to be. Sure. So hopefully when you get that chance, if you sure. get that chance... You really do explore, you know, the, the deeper parts of yourself that maybe you never let show because people had this preconceived notion of who you are in your comfort zone. Sure. So it's much easier to become a little bit more of who you could be. Did you experiment with that too? Like, did you try on some different sort of, not, <laughs> not personalities, but did you, right. did you kind of try some different things along the way as well? Yeah, and I guess it was more of like, skill sets that I tried out mm-hmm. in different places, not okay. so much like taking on different personalities, but sure. you know, like discovering what I was capable of as far as like taking the lead. Like when we were in our permaculture course, mm-hmm. like I discovered that I can cook yeah. and that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was just like little things like that, that I would kind of add on to myself and realize like, Hey, this is a cool thing and it's important to me. And sure. that contributed to my sense of self too. And sure. made me realize how much, more I could be than what I had sure. expected that might of myself. Not, you might not have tried otherwise. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, the second question, and it's a logical follow-up, to, in order to understand success, my hunch is that you've probably experienced some failure along the way as mm-hmm. well. So what's the best lesson you've ever learned from failure? Best lesson I've learned from failure. Um, okay. So actually, I could say that part of it is what spurred my adventure because I was in a job which met all of the criteria that you would think for a successful career, Mm -hmm. but I really was, it it didn't seem to fit well the way that I was Mm -hmm. working within my environment. Mm -hmm. And I really viewed it as a failure at that time because I was unhappy Mm -hmm. and I was really feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. And um, from that failure, that's what spurred me to make this decision that would change my life 
so much for the better and to help me discover who I am. So that failure in itself was what really drove me Mm -hmm. to success. So sometimes Mm -hmm. hitting that, you know, Mm -hmm. that failing point is exactly what it takes to like really kick you into action and take whatever steps are ahead of you, what's available. So, So if you had felt fulfilled... In, in your career path, we might not be. Uh, yeah, about this I would tonight. never have gone. I mean, perhaps I would have gone as like my graduation gift. That was sure. what I told myself sure. was that I would sure. go to Ireland when I sure. got my master's. Sure, sure. But instead, yeah, it took that that feeling of failing and being completely, you know, out of place in some way, that really made me think. Okay, well then let's go find my place. Right, and and again back to kind of the beginning. Um, that's not something you had experienced. My guess uh, is much along the way. You, 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 when I say successful as a as a student, you were you know top of the, the mountain, <laughs> right? So that kind of first sort of disappointment with failure really, really inspired this change. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. for so long I had just had this positive momentum moving forward, sure. and I hit this point where I was just like, "What has this all led to? Like, this sure. should have made me." Sure. happy this yeah. should have made me feel like i should be here but i don't sure okay quick plug make sure jj moves dot me uh jj underscore moves on instagram uh we're, we're, we're going to be sharing a lot more these will all be in the show notes as well so don't worry uh if, if you're not writing it down right now we'll, we'll get you there okay third question what are your best and worst habits now this is this is important right so you can't do the HR hiring trick where you make your best <laughs> habit into your worst habit okay. and vice versa. Okay. So, so what are your really, best habit and your worst habit? Really criticize myself. Yep. Okay. Um, I can find a mirror if you'd like. Yeah. I okay. I think my worst habit is to take on so much that I spread myself thin. Like I am. It's a good thing this is not a visual one because I'm nodding my head. Yet. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because Casey I know, knows. <laughs> I, know, I know. I've been telling you that for years. Yeah. 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 So I have this tendency to try to please people and to try to try try to do all of these things that that I end up really not succeeding as much as I could in my strong suites. Sure. And I even went to a conference recently or a presentation and they talked about building on your strengths instead of trying to marginally increase your weaknesses. And Mm -hmm. that's so true. And I never thought about it that way. Like we think about our weaknesses as something to work on, but sometimes it's so much more impactful just to focus as much as we can on building those strengths. Like we can make so much more of an impact when we just capitalize on that. Like it's already there. Just use it. Absolutely. And your best habit. So let's hold up the mirror. We're going to talk about the positive stuff now. What is your best habit? Um, My best habit... I think probably positivity and seeing opportunities because that's exactly how everything led to itself on my adventure was that I was always pivoting. You know, if something would go wrong, I would just look in another direction and usually, you know, the steps Mm -hmm. would kind of lay themselves out. But if you have a tendency to see the negative and focus on that, then you'll never turn and notice those other opportunities. So it's really, really valuable to me to be able to, to see the good, whatever sure. happens. Now, now, interestingly, and I know, again, all joking aside, I know you didn't do this on purpose, but interestingly, those things do kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Right? So because you see the positive in situations, you tend to stretch yourself too thin because you tend to say yes yeah, to too many things, right? True. Because you see like, oh, this is a good right. opportunity for X or Y or Z. Yeah, yeah. I can so see I that. So I have to okay. really focus myself on like, 
once I turn from the negative to the positive, I have to pick the best positive and stick with that sure. instead of trying to do all of the other opportunities. And there's a beauty in saying no every once in a while, right. too, right? Exactly. That's great. Okay, so let's go back a few years. Again, I'm not gonna not gonna date you, but let's go back a few years. When you were six years old, when you were six years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, what did I want to be when I was six? So imagine you're in first grade, right? And it's that, you know, Jacqueline Baker, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would you have said? Okay, so I had an exercise uh -huh. that I remember right, drawing out what I wanted to be. And I don't know if this was consistent through my childhood. <laughs> this is really funny. Yeah. I wanted to be a nun. <laughs> really? Really? And I think that it. I went to a Catholic school. Sure. And I think sure. that a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just wanted to do good things. Yeah. And yeah. I, to me, like a nun was like yeah. the epitome sure. of being a good person. Sure. sure. So that was, I guess, what I kind of latched onto in my mind as Just a child. Just to, to be clear, you, you've given up that dream. Yeah, we're, yeah, not, we're, we're not, not going, on we're that not path. going there okay. anymore. Okay. I just, I just, I wanted to make sure. I, didn't want to I still believe they're great people. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just not for you, right? Not, not my okay. path. Okay. Excellent. I'm going to get you out of here on this last question. So when times get tough, and they always get tough, what do you tell yourself? In other words, what is your personal mantra? Um, okay, so can I steal somebody else's personal of mantra course. for this? That's what you need. <laughs> okay. sure. So then it's keep moving forward. Okay. Because, um, and that's, it's been used in a lot of Disney movies. It's sure. been attributed to Disney. And sure. I'm going to say it's from Disney. Let's call it Disney. Yeah. I love Walt Disney. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, honestly, any anywhere that you are, no matter whether you have momentum or whether sure. you're at a standstill, like, sure there's always an opportunity to take a step forward. So I'm always looking for that next step wherever it is. Which would make sense as to why jjmoves.me <laughs> yep. is where everyone can find you or jj underscore moves on Instagram, right? Yep, and I'm still moving. <laughs> it's still moving and keep moving. So this is, uh, again, on, on a very personal level, this is uh, a fulfilling interview. I'm so yeah. happy and excited for you. Thank you. Uh, part of me is is jealous in a way. I think. <laughs> well, I think you're I, welcome to visit. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, visit. Unfortunately, that's the. I and I, I shared with Jacqueline before we started the interview that you know I think many of us have this fantasy of like, you know, going and experiencing another culture, going halfway around the world, which is you know the, the stuff that we can carry on our back. But very few of us, for many reasons, ever do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm incredibly proud of you. And thank you for joining me on your thank your you. last day in the United States for who I knows know, how long. I know. Okay. I'm going line dancing tonight, and then I'm Gone. off. Gone. <laughs> 10:41 tomorrow. Who are you flying? Let's just put it up. Uh, United. Well, we got to talk about your decision. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> but it's so, really affordable. <laughs> uh, okay. A pl plug for United. Okay. Plug for United. There we go. So. Uh, Jacqueline, thank you for joining. Thank Everyone you for else, me. please make sure that you like, share. You can follow on five uh, at Five Good Questions on Twitter, uh, hashtag Five GQ, the number Five GQ. Uh, engage in this conversation and make sure that you follow Jacqueline on her journey as well. So we will let you go for now. And Kendall, give everybody some instructions on the way out. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everyone. If you like this episode, make sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe.